Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anyways, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just the podcast. Why are you looking at me like that? Like what? Hi, I'm Gabby. And I'm Rob. And this is Dark Origins Podcast, a podcast where I tell Rob about the inspirations behind all mediums of art. So TV, books, movies, music, etc. And sometimes we talk about times where life imitates art. Today. Oh. Sorry. I think I know. I want to guess again. Okay, guess. Now, we're doing a short episode, right? Yes. And this is like a filler episode before we finish off the True Detective stuff. Yes. Okay, because I got something. I saw something on my Instagram feed that blew my wig back. What was it? It was about a a young lady named Ruby. Yes, that is what we're talking about. So not just that, we're going to talk about a couple, a few cases, but mostly... The Ruby Frankie case. Yeah, Ruby Frankie. I mean, fuck her. So we just wanted to do a little current events episode because there have been some updates and cases we've talked about. And I just like doing these occasionally. So. Oh, yeah. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the sentencing of Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt. So if you remember, Ruby Frankie is the Mormon YouTube influencer whose fall from grace began after one of her children escaped the prison she created for him and his sister. Yeah, the prison she created. This is more like Guantanamo Bay, like not uh, like on level 10, right? I mean, this is torture chambers. Yeah, I mean, the prosecutor literally compared it to a concentration camp, which I'll 100%. get into later, but it was bad. I'm assuming a lot of you have probably heard of this case, but I just want to do a quick refresher for everyone who has heard of it and, you know, give a little bit of background info for people who might not have heard of it. Sounds fair. So altogether, Ruby has six children who were all featured in her YouTube videos that she posted on her channel called Eight Passengers. Eight Passengers because she has six children and it's her and her husband. Yeah, that that makes sense. So the videos that she posted to her YouTube channel showed her abusive tendencies, which people criticized her for. And I'll get into what happened to her YouTube channel a little bit more in a second. 
but things didn't really start to spiral out of control. I mean, I should say relatively because things were pretty bad before, but things didn't start to get as bad as they are as far as we know until she started working with a woman named Jody Hildebrandt. So previously, Ruby's YouTube page showed pieces of her life as a mother to her six children with heavy religious undertones. They're Mormon and they that. were like overtones, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> she ironically gave parenting advice. But as time went on, people started to get worried about her kids because her parenting style seemed to verge into abusive territory, like I mentioned. It got so bad that a petition was created to get the channel kicked off of YouTube and CPS was called. I'm not sure if the channel was taken down by Ruby herself or if YouTube removed it, but it was eventually removed. I say I'm not sure just because I'm not 100% sure, but I'm like 99% sure that YouTube removed it. Yeah, I mean... She's too arrogant. I think that's probably accurate. Of course, we don't know, but yeah, she's just such an asshole. Yeah, I can't. I can't believe it. I know she is unheard of shit. Very arrogant and a complete asshole at this point, which we're talking like twenty twenty three ish. Um, so last year, yeah. Ruby pivoted to making content with Jody Hildebrandt, a Mormon woman who used to counsel Ruby's oldest son. So she was a therapist who was seeing her oldest son. Oh, so she was a counselor. Yes. Okay. So that's, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Jody's channel was called Connections and it was some type of Mormon therapy company. It's been said that Ruby was a co-owner of Connections, but she claims that she was not business partners with Jody. Instead, she says that she hired Jody to mentor her. So this is what she says in her in the statement that she gives before her sentencing. She said that she wasn't, you know, business partners with her and she never made any money from connections, blah 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 whatever. But this Who whole cares? time we, I, yeah, I don't really know why she felt the need to say that, but she's an asshole. Yeah. This whole time and still Today, people refer to them as like co-owners of connections, as business partners. So, I mean, at a minimum, they were business partners on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Because they were both featured quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And just, well, I'm not, I don't think that you can find the connections channel anymore because it was removed by YouTube as well, I believe. Of course. But it's not spelled like normal connections it's spelled like c-o-n-n-e-x-i-o-n-s just in case anyone was curious oh yeah they were trying to be yep yeah fancy yeah fuck you sorry sorry excuse me no i mean yeah fuck her fuck them both i can't stand these people me neither i really unbelievable to me it like boils my blood well i don't understand how like i talk about this a lot like how how I don't know. It makes no sense. I know. It goes against our most basic instincts to not harm our children. Right. I mean, what the fuck? And and then on Jody's end, like, she doesn't have to have these children in her house. She doesn't right. have to take care of these children. Right. She's choosing to have them there and to abuse them. So she clearly gets some joy or something out of it. Something. And I don't, it's not just our children that we're programmed to not hurt. It's all children. Yeah. I believe in 2022, Ruby separated from her husband, who I didn't mention um, his name in the beginning. His name is Kevin Frankie. Mm. 
obviously he did eight passengers with her when they had the channel. And when she separated from him, she started spending a lot of time at Jody's house. I believe she had her own house, but she would spend a lot of time at Jody's house and she would bring her kids with her. In a van. What do you mean? Had to be a van. Well, yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, that would make sense. Or a bus. Six children. Some of her kids are old enough, though, where they're out of the house now. I I think at least two are old enough where they're out of the house. Okay. Like college age, I think. So apparently when they separated, Ruby, you know, had, I I think it maybe was just a like agreement between the two of them that Jody would have custody of the kids. I don't think it was like a a legal thing because they weren't actually divorced at the time. Okay. But I don't really know for sure. It seems as though he just had nothing to do with the kids after that. Like, I don't, I, maybe he called them. I'm not really sure, but it seems like Ruby was the one who primarily took care of them. Okay. Well, we don't know the inner workings of that, right? I don't know. I, it may be on the internet, but I haven't really seen yeah, you haven't seen anything confirming. A ton about right. it, yeah. So, and yeah, obviously when you say take care of these children, you're saying that with some liberties. Yeah, quote unquote, take care of these children. Basically yeah. what I mean is that the children were in her custody and that's it. Right. Because <laughs> um, she absolutely was not taking care of them. So when Ruby's son escaped, the family was staying at Jody's house because right. they were and like always there. How old is this young man? I believe that he is... 12 now and was probably 11 when it happened. Okay. And then the daughter, cause there's the two youngest are the ones who really were severely abused that we know of at least that all of the charges stem from what they did to the two youngest children. So the daughter is 10 now. So she is probably nine then. And then the son is 12 now. So he was probably 11 then. Okay. So when he escaped, he ran to Jody's neighbor's house and the neighbor called the police. The neighbor told the police that he looked emaciated and malnourished and noted that he was covered in wounds and still had duct tape wrapped around him. Jesus. Yeah. The Can man. You imagine? No, the man actually started crying because he was so disturbed by what he was seeing. Like he just kind of broke down. Yeah. 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 Ruby claims that Jody basically brainwashed her and, I'm getting this from her statement that she read in court before her sentencing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Because that's fucking absurd. I know. (laughs) I just... (laughs) People... What the fuck? I know. She claims she became paranoid and believed that the world was against her and her two youngest children needed to be abused because they were possessed and evil. Oh. Since the arrest, we've learned that the youngest boy was handcuffed or otherwise bound in several different positions, including being hogtied. So if you're not familiar with what being hogtied looks like, it is when a person is laying on their stomach and has their arms behind their back and their legs lifted up and their hands are attached to their feet. Right. What the fuck? Yeah. So she would tie him up in that position and just leave him there. So I'm going to go, I'm going through obviously, you know, some of the details that we've learned about the abuse and where these charges are stemming from um, with both the son and the daughter. So 
the restraints caused serious injuries to him as they cut into, you know, his skin. And then Jody would put a mix of honey and cayenne pepper on the wounds. So it stuck and the heat would stick. Yeah. And you can't get it off. Yeah. That's diabolical. I mean, she says that it was, you know, to promote healing or whatever, but I don't really think that that's why she did that. No. So Ruby and Jody starved both of the youngest kids, forced them to do meaningless manual labor, like walk, you know, with heavy boxes up and down the stairs or do manual labor outside in the sweltering heat during the summer without shoes on. They would make them stand on the pavement without shoes on for days sometimes, the prosecutor said. Days. Yes. Well, how do the neighbors not see this? The neighbors did see the manual labor and were worried about it. And I think they might have called authorities, but I don't remember for sure. But after this all came out, after the son ran away and it was published in the media, neighbors came forward saying that they did see them doing manual labor all the time in, you know, during the summer when it was super hot. Okay. The children were also made to do things like wall sits for long periods of time, which are excruciating. Yeah, it's difficult. Her son also suffered from Frankie kicking him with boots on, holding his head underwater, and suffocating him by covering his mouth and nose. Her daughter was forced to jump into a cactus several times. What? Yes, this, that's something that Jody made her do. Made her jump into a cactus several times. And she was also forced to run barefoot on dirt roads for long periods of time. The physical abuse alongside the isolation, deprivation of food and water, and lack of anything entertaining or interesting like books or other things children normally get to play with or use was so bad that the prosecutor compared the conditions to those of a concentration camp, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. All of this was done in the name of religion. I mean, according to, you know, Yeah, what religion? Ruby and Jody told the kids that they were evil and possessed, and they told them that the abuse was necessary for them to repent and claimed it was all an act of love. They're just doing this because we love you and you're possessed and you're evil and we need to help you repent so that you can be good. How do you even recover from that? Honestly, I don't know. I I mean, I hope that they, you know, have a very... Um, as quick of a recovery as possible. Yeah. But yeah, that that's hard to recover from being convinced that you're evil, that you're possessed, that, you know, you deserve to be treated that way. That is, that's terrible for an adult to have to deal with, right. but even worse for a child to have to deal with because yes. that will be ingrained in their mind for a long time. Even, you know, even with them working intensively to heal it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that this happened so quickly is because Ruby pled guilty to four counts of second degree felony aggravated child abuse, which each charge carries a sentence of one to 15 years per the plea agreement. She will have to serve each sentence consecutively, meaning she will spend four to 30 years in prison. This is because consecutive penalties cannot exceed 30 years in Utah. So even though, you know, there's four charges. She, yeah, and, she could do 60. Yeah, but they don't allow that. So uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So four to 30 years is How what her sentence she? is. 
I forgot how old she she's is. She's in her thirties, forties. Definitely in her forties, I believe. Yeah, so I mean, she's not getting out for a while. Yeah, she's forty-two years old. She'll be an old woman. Yeah, I fucking hope so. Well, they might kill her in prison. Yeah, which I'm not. I'm not saying that's right. Yeah, it's you're just, just a fact. It could happen. Yeah, they don't like child abusers. I don't know what it's like in the women's facilities, right? I don't know enough about it, but I imagine that's part of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't either, but I do imagine that that is probably the case. <laughs> so if they don't, I mean, you know, I I think she'll likely remain safe, but she's going to have a very hard time in there. Good. Because people are going to know what she did. So she'll get to feel, you know, what it's like to have to repent for actually being evil. Yeah, and I I really don't think anybody's coming to visit her either. No. Although there's weird people out there. Yeah, that's very true. Jody also pled guilty to four counts of second-degree felony aggravated child abuse. The judge addressed her um, during her sentencing, saying, quote, adults with specialized training in particular are supposed to protect children. You didn't do that in this case. In this case, you terrorized children. What happened to these children in your philosophy and dealing with them, frankly, seems detached from reality or any objective standard of decency or even common sense, unquote, which I totally agree with. Yeah. So that's that. She's also going to, you know, spend four to 30 years in prison. Oh, they both took the same plea? Yeah. Yep. So they, they copped to second degree. Yep. That's probably why they took it. Because that's first degree all the way. I, I can't imagine there's a higher degree. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know enough about the law to you know speculate on that. But I also know that there was actually six charges of child abuse, at least for um for Ruby, but I think also for Jody. And Ruby was gonna testify um against Jody in order to have those two dropped. So that's why she was only charged with four. So she's also a snitch. But Jody took a plea deal as well, so she didn't end up having to testify. I fucking hate her. Yeah. So another incredibly sad story that happened recently is the ongoing case of an 11-year-old girl named Audrey Cunningham. Audrey went missing on her way to school on the morning of February 15th, 2024, obviously. She was supposed to catch the bus to school, but the bus driver reported she wasn't at the bus stop. Audrey was living with her father and grandparents, and she was frequently babysat by her father's friend, who was living in a trailer in their backyard. The friend's name was Don McDougall. He has an extensive criminal record, including crimes involving children, and it's alleged he may have connections to the Aryan Brotherhood. Why did they have this man living on their property? That's a very good question that... No one knows the answer to. So it's alleged that he may have connections to the Aryan Brotherhood because he has a swastika tattoo. That's speculation at this point, but I felt it was important to add because it makes it very apparent what type of man he is. And it also makes it very apparent that other people can see what type of man he is because you can't see someone's criminal record by looking at them. Although you're probably going to find out once you become friends with them. But you can see that someone's a complete piece of shit if they have a swastika tattooed on them. Yeah, if you have a swastika tattooed on you, please stop listening now. 
Yes. Thank Fuck you. you. Yeah. And so, you know, he was babysitting her a lot and doing a lot of helping with her care, I guess, um, driving her around and, and stuff like that. So I will say I, the mom doesn't have custody of her, doesn't sound like, or if she does legally have any custody, it doesn't sound like she ever, you know, really lives with her mom. It sounds like she mainly lives with her dad and grandparents. Okay. And then, you know, with this guy living in the backyard. Five days into the search, Audrey's body was found in the Trinity River. The case is obviously ongoing, and they haven't released many details yet, but they have stated their prime suspect is Don. They picked him up on the 16th on an unrelated aggravated assault charge, so thankfully he is currently behind bars while the investigation continues. That's great. So that If he did it. If he did it. Yeah, yeah. The reason that... Well, there's multiple reasons why, you know, people think he did it, I'm sure. But he seems to be the last person to have seen her. And he said that he was the one that drove her to school. But apparently he wouldn't tell them if he actually dropped her off at school for some reason. I mean, obviously, like I get it. It, No, I don't get it. If he didn't drop her off, like, you know, maybe that's why. Maybe he's worried that, like, they could say... Well, we saw the cameras, you know, of the school parking lot and you never dropped her off or something like that. So he doesn't want to like accidentally incriminate himself or say something that they can prove, you know, is a lie. You know what I mean? Sure. But if you're going to say that you drove her somewhere, like you should, you should probably say where you drove her to, you know, if you're innocent. When did she get out? Yeah. Hey, Swastika boy, when did she get out of the car? Oh, you're not saying? Oh, did you help her get out? Fucking asshole. Um, so that's, you know, really the only update that there is for that case. Um, as updates come in, I will, you know, tell you guys. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um, And then the third true crime event that I want to talk about is the series by Risa Tisa called Who the Fuck Did I Marry on TikTok. Risa Tisa? I'm sure that a lot of you have seen the TikTok because it went insanely viral and there's 50 parts to it. And each part is like nine to 10 minutes long. So she really put in the work to like get these fucking videos out. Yeah. Um, she did an amazing job. She's a very good storyteller. I feel so bad that this happened to her because she seems like the sweetest, you know, most genuine person. But yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, 
because I, I know you haven't seen it. I have not. So I wanted to talk to you about it a little bit and, you know, just have a little bit of a conversation about it. I won't recap everything that happened because there's so fucking much that happened. There's no way that I could do that. And it would obviously bore people who have already, you know, listened to well, the story. It- I, I'm just going to give a brief overview so that we can have a conversation about it. Perfect. So it starts out with Risa meeting a man on two different dating apps. He's just on, they're both on these two different dating apps and. They happen to swipe right on both. Yes. They plan a first date, but her tire blows out on the way there. She calls him. He comes to help her. They start dating and he explains that he recently moved from California to Georgia for his job. He apparently worked for a condiment company and he was pretty high up in it. He also claimed he played arena football and he made a ton of money that was sitting across multiple accounts at this point. Um, You know, that he it was just like a, a nice little nest egg. Before playing arena football, he claims that he went to San Diego State University. I'm pretty sure. I, I couldn't remember fully, but I, I think that's what she said, where he played college football. And then he later went on to the arena? Yes. Arena League? Yes. Nifty. Yeah. If anyone is familiar with arena football, I'm not really, but I gathered some information from the comments because, you know, I was reading the comments while watching the videos. Most players, I I guess, I, I have not fact-checked this, so I could be completely wrong. I am just telling you what commenters said. Fly by the seat of your pants, babe. So please, please fact-check this if you ever want to repeat it. Um, But some people were saying, like, the average salary for an arena football player is... Forty thousand to eighty thousand dollars, but closer to forty thousand. Sure, that makes sense. And then I guess the like arena football went bankrupt at one point. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. not like this super successful, you know, thing where you know all of the players are making a shit ton of money. Like they're I think, not really. I think the women playing in lingerie do better. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, more way more people want to watch that. Yeah, so that's you know a little bit of. His background, he also told her that he was married before, but he got divorced from his wife. This was when he was living in California because she cheated on him. Oh. But he said that he, you know, she had two kids that were his stepkids that he was still very close to because when he found out that she had cheated on him, you know, they kind of took his side a little bit because they were like, you fucked up, mom. Like, we don't, you know, whatever. So, you know, he would talk to his kids his stepkids a lot like everything was fine with that but um it all just it's just important you know as the story goes on so he moves into Risa's place very quickly because this all happens in 2020 when we had to quarantine so sure they're like you know let's just make our own little pod and quarantine together Risa explains that he had a lot of family that he would talk to often including his stepkids like I said and you know, he seemed like a a good, well-rounded person. Yeah, it seems cool to me. Uh, so the couple begin to look for houses. Things are moving very fast, obviously. Yeah, I mean, um, it happens. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah. But none of them work out for one reason or another. At the one houses? point. The yeah. Houses? Yeah. Oh, by the way, she refers to him as Legion. So that's what I'm going to call him. Legion. Yeah. And that's what I think what she called him in real life. And his social media names had that in the name. So I, Like it, a legion of, of angels. 
or demons. That's literally someone commented on one of the videos and that's said, what that means. Legion, like a legion of demons. Yeah, that's what that means. I know. It's just funny. It's fucking ridiculous. So at one point, Legion puts in an all cash offer for a $700,000 house. Wait, where did he get 700K? From Arena Football. Where they make 40K? Yes. But he said that he made a lot more than 40000 So He saved every penny and played for 40 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever no. that is. He, uh, 16 years, I think. Sounds about right. But, no, he just, he said that he, you know, was one of the best and made a shit ton of money. The owners of the home say they'll accept his offer once he shows proof of funds. But Legion refuses, saying he won't show proof of funds until they accept the offer. They give him two days to show them, but he won't. He refuses. Huh. I wonder why. (laughs) The realtor ends up cutting ties until Legion brings him proof of funds or a pre-approval letter or something to prove that he can actually afford the houses that they're looking at and that this realtor isn't just wasting his time. Because at this point, Risa said they had looked at like 50 fucking houses. So, I mean. How boring. I know. Like, I mean. I know. What an act well, to keep up and all that shit. I wouldn't say it's boring. It is exciting to house hunt. 50? But it's also draining. Like, yeah. I, I couldn't, I can't imagine having to look through, you know, 50 different houses hoping to buy one because that's just too much for me. At this point, Risa finds out that she's pregnant. So she's even more motivated to find a new house. She also wants to get married because she felt a lot of pressure about the fact that she was pregnant, but unwed. Unfortunately, she suffers a miscarriage, though. Um, She takes a pill to help aid in the process after the miscarriage, but an ultrasound shows that not everything came out. So she would need a DNC to remove the rest. The day of the procedure, Legion tells her that he has a really important meeting where he might be promoted. And if he is promoted, he'll get a personal assistant. That was just a little side note that he added in. So Risa has her best friend take her instead to get the procedure done. I mean. Complete bullshit. Bullshit. You have something like that going on in your personal life. There is almost no business that will not right. accommodate for you. Right. It's. I mean, I guess there's this situations, right? There are. Yeah. And, you know, clients you got to meet with that don't give a shit or like, you know, whatever. Maybe your boss is just a jerk. I don't know, but most, it's pretty rare. Most places you can at least call out sick. Like if they are not going to accept the fact that you have to take your wife to get a dnc done which i think that most places would just let you take the day off yeah um most places just allow you to have paid time off you can do whatever you want mm -hmm. but then again if you call in sick and you've got a day where you have these clients coming or whatever like that could be you know i can see it but it just seems weird i can see it but i don't i just i also can't yeah so Throughout all of this, you know, this relationship, Legion has told her that multiple people in his life have died, including his stepdaughter. He told her that his stepdaughter died from COVID. Oh. Um, and I, at this point, because I don't want to, you know, say every single detail, I'm just telling you, like, the random shit 
that he would tell her and like some of the important shit that he would tell her. So um, at one point, Risa goes through his phone and sees that he's sexting multiple other women. And she says that the way that he's talking to them is so different than how he is with her, you know. Oh, right, right, right. Like they're the freaky ones. Like the people that he's messaging, they're having a freaky like conversation. He's not like that with her. Weird. So obviously she is very hurt, very upset, but she tries to make it work with him by going to counseling. Okay. At counseling, they end up coming to a standstill when Legion wants to open a joint bank account, but refuses to show Risa his offshore accounts because he says that most of his money is in these (laughs) offshore accounts. Are you fucking serious? Yes. He did... He did show her his checking and savings, which had like $9,000 and $15,000 respectively. But, you know, he claimed there was so much more money in these offshore accounts, but he refuses to show them to her. This is unreal. (laughs) At this point, Risa's just kind of had it. And she's also, you know, getting super suspicious because this is all super fucking weird. And and this is only in like the span of a year? Yes. This all happens very fucking fast. It's so much. Yeah. Like every week. Yes. Like they're going to multiple houses a week. Yep. And there was a point where he was going to buy her a car. He said that he was going to buy her, I think, an Audi. And he took her to the dealership. She picked out the Audi that she wanted. They do whatever. I don't I don't remember. Actually, I can't remember if they went to the dealership or not. But basically, he says he's going to buy her an Audi. She picks out the one that she wants. He says, okay, it's going to be delivered on this day. She takes a half day from work to be there when they deliver it. They never show up. He says, okay, uh, I'll try to reschedule it. Okay, it's coming this weekend. She stays home, you know, all day that day. They never show up. So she just is pissed and says, don't talk to me. uh, Don't talk to me about a car again. Unless you. Not only is that upsetting that you don't get the car, but you also, she also has to suffer humiliation at work. Right. Like these people she sees every day that care about her and she cares about them. And they, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting this car. Check it out. Oh, where's the car? Let me see it. Yeah. It didn't come. Well, so, you know, at some point in this, she like just stops telling people things about like it stops telling people about things like this because she expects, you know, that she's going to be let down. Yeah. She's with a pathological liar. Yeah. Um. And, you know, she has some hard decisions to make because he is paying all of the monthly bills at this point. And, you know, for part of it, she thought she was going to have a child with him. And there was a lot. So she was, you know, trying to figure out how do I what do I do? He did. He did end up buying her car, a Nissan something or other. And she said that at the job that she was working at at the time, she was not able to afford the car note on her own. She had to have him help her with the car note. Uh, and she said, I knew, you know, I knew better than that, but I did it anyways. So that kind of motivates her to get a different job. She wants a job where she can afford this car note on her own. Cause I think, you know, she knows like this is going to fall away. Yeah. yeah. The job that she applies at needs to do a very thorough background check on her. This means that in this packet uh application whatever thing she has to fill out 
not only her information, but also her spouse's information, including his social security number. Okay. So she had looked up his social security number before to see, you know, if she could do a background check on him. Yeah. But nothing came up. So she thought that maybe she had like written the social security number down wrong or like memorized it wrong or something like that. Sure. Because the first time that she had seen his social was when they got married. It was on the marriage certificate. Okay. When she sees his social security number on her application, she's like, this is different. This is not the same different or this is not the same number that he had written down for our marriage license. Right. So she tries that number. That number allows her to actually run a background check on him and get some information. Okay. She learns that he has a criminal record. It's mostly like, like I think there's like trespassing and, you know, some other Stuff like that. I can't remember exactly everything that was on it, but he had some felonies on there. Oh, he had felonies? Yes. Not just misdemeanors, like a trespassing. Yeah, yeah. He had some felonies on there. Do you there. remember those? He impersonated an officer. So this is another thing about him. He said that he, you know, respects law enforcement so much because his dad was in law enforcement. Um, And, you know, and then he said that his mom was like a teacher or something like that. Cool. But we'll come to find out that's not true. But um, (laughs) when he impersonates an officer, he was like going around an apartment complex and telling people that he had to like search their apartment in connection to, you know, some type of investigation or something. He knocks on this woman's door and, you know, tells her that. But she is involved in law enforcement somehow. (laughs) She's like, yeah, right. Yeah. So she calls, you know, some of her police officer friends and asks them and they come and they arrest him for impersonating an officer. So that was um, at least one of the felonies. That's a strange felony because you're either casing the joint or you're going in to steal something or you're going to hurt someone. Yeah. Yeah. Very scary to wonder why he was doing that. So on top of the criminal record, she was also able to see that, you know, where he had lived. He had never lived in California. His divorce occurred in Georgia. His ex-wife lives in Georgia. Nothing that he said was true. She calls San Diego State University to see if he was, you know, a student there. They say they have no records of him. She confronts him about this and he says, oh, it's because... My dad paid for me to be a private citizen. Don't know what the fuck that means. Um, but he said that it it meant that like they could like like a sovereign citizen? No, no. He said he had like a card that had like some sort of ID number on it or something. So nothing was ever connected to his actual name. It was only connected to this ID card. I don't fucking know. It doesn't make any sense to me. There might be a company that does something like that. I mean, I don't know if it would hold up, but it could be. I don't. I mean, he's saying he his dad paid the college extra money to do yeah. that, so okay. yeah, I don't know. it just doesn't make any fucking sense. So, um, I was just thinking there could be a a company or someone out there that will help you hide your identity like that, right? Like for like, um, LifeLock, yeah, you know, stuff like that. That but yes. maybe not. I you know, it sounds like bullshit. I'm sure there probably is companies out there that do, you know, things like that for people who like really need it yeah, for some reason. I'm but sure there are, but 
not that that it, I mean he's saying that it was through the college the college yes, did it for him no. and it just doesn't make any fucking sense like why why would you not want your name to be attached to not only your, your grades and your education but also your football career like <laughs> Did you not have your last name on the back of your nope. jersey? Did it was they not just a picture of the card. About you? Like- it was a picture of the card on the back of his jersey. <laughs> That's all it was. Just his ID number. They also couldn't use his real football number. He uh, he was number four, but they had to make him 38. <laughs> so nobody would know who he was. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, um, you know, she starts investigating hard at this point I cannot tell you everything that she found out but I can tell you that she spoke to the ex-wife she spoke to family members of his and I think this is one of the scariest parts for me she found out from his family members that not only did he lie about a bunch of people dying oh and he found out from the ex-wife the daughter is very much still alive so he was just making up these deaths lying Um, about people that are real yeah, saying Just make up somebody that the, yeah, I know, I know. Um, well, weirdly enough, he did take her to the quote unquote grave of his grandparents, but um, that absolutely was not the grave of his grandparents, that was just a random couple's grave that Bob shared his last Jean name because he oh, had worked God. at the cemetery for you know, uh, some amount of time. Bob so, and Mary, uh, Legion, yeah, he, uh, Bob and Mary Legion. <laughs> So he uh, found, you know, the some headstones that shared the same last name as him. Wow. Um, so like super weird shit like that. But a lot of his family members said, like, we have caught all ties with him because he's such a fucking liar. Meaning that all of like, you know how I said he, he had a lot of phone calls with family and stuff. They were all fake. Like he was talking to no one? Yes, he was talking to nobody. And not only did he do this with them, but he also did it with, um, you know, like things at work. Because he he told at one point he tells her that he's been promoted to vice president of like some area of the condiment company that he, you know, said he was working for. Vice president of Relish. Yeah, we 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 slice and dice pickles. I'm the VP. You want um, some sweet pickles? I got you. So, uh, when he went to like, he also took her to a car shop to look at a car for him because he said he was going to get a company car. And nice. when he was there, in front of her and in front of the employee, he called quote unquote called someone in the financial department and said, "Hey." I'm getting this car. I'm going to send over the, you know, information that you guys need. And then he pretends to have the conversation and says that the guy who is able to authorize the wire transfer to pay for the car is he left early today. So he'll be back tomorrow. So we'll send the wire transfer first thing tomorrow and I'll come pick up the car. Perfect. Obviously that didn't happen. None of that happens. Um, he just took her there to make it look like his and wasted that salesperson's time. Yeah, wrote up the deal, did the whole thing. Yeah, yes, and he does this so many times with so many different fucking people. It's just where insane. is he now? Do we know? Um, so after this came out, I 
I feel bad that this happened, but someone found him and exposed him, which, you know, I think really sucks because that wasn't that wasn't the place of another person to do. Like she should have been allowed to tell her story without people going to, you know, look him up. But um Yeah, that's it's shitty, but like people are gonna get your back and they are gonna do something fucked up to that asshole. Well, no the the fear is that he may hurt her because she has now Mm. exposed him to the world. And that is what that's what's scary. Do you know how many views she's had? Millions, multi millions. She has gone She's like a top she's a top creator on TikTok now. She has over one million followers now. She's about to have a million and one. I'm going to follow her. Yeah. I mean, she's so fucking sweet. And so uh, the reason that I wanted to tell this story, if any of you guys have not heard her story, you absolutely should go listen to it on TikTok. Risa Tisa spelled R-E-E-S-A space T-E-E-S-A. She is just such a good storyteller. She is so sweet, so kind and so beautiful and I just felt so bad when she got to the last part because you can literally see this like draining her as she's telling the story I think you know she's told the story for multiple reasons one because she wants to be able to tell her own story and two because she wants to you know help other women like see these warning signs and so I'm looking at the TikTok page right now and 2.1 million followers that is fucking insane that is so crazy 19.9 million likes yeah and she follows 26 people i'm so happy for her though i she deserves the world and she's getting it now like the the last part it made me so sad because she was saying like you know i i know i knew that there were warning signs and i knew that you know god was trying to show them to me i was just hoping that it was my time. It was my time to find the love of my life, my best friend, to move into the house, to, you know, have what I've always dreamed of. And I just really wanted it to be my time. Well, maybe this is her time. This is absolutely her time now. And she's going to, um, because another thing he did was he promised that he was going to take her to London. Somebody flying her to London? He, you know, again, did a made up a bunch of bullshit. Like, by the way, when he showed her his checking and savings accounts, those were just screenshots from Google. They weren't even his own. (laughs) No, he doesn't have have a fucking job. Probably. He doesn't have $24,000, you know, like he, he had a job. He got fired from the job though. He did work for the condiment company, but he was a forklift driver. He was not the VP of anything. He wasn't the VP of Relish. No, no, he was not the VP of Relish. (laughs) How terrible. Um, and when, this guy. when they divorced, you know, for at least a little bit, he was just living out of his car. Cause she said she had to meet up with him, um, to have him sign the divorce papers. And she said he smelled so bad. He looked so bad. I could tell that he had just been staying in his car, which obviously if he had money, he would not be just staying in his car. So this man invented everything, everything about his life. Although he has a twin, I guess, and his twin actually is a VP of something. So like, it seems like he was taking, you know, little bits and pieces from other people's lives and making it his own. And also 
in response to this, he made a video saying, she's lying. Stop lying. You know what happened. I caught you in bed with Charles or like something like that. I can't remember what name he used. It sounded so fucking fake. It just it just sounded like a straight up lie. But um, it was. Yeah. I mean, this woman, I haven't watched the video, but there, there's no way someone puts out 50 videos that are 10 minutes long on average and lies. Especially because she literally made them back to back to back to back to back. So she was just. Oh, did she drop them all? Yeah. She was making them back to back to back. Like it, it, because you know, you can only make a video that is 10 minutes long on TikTok. She would make one video, I think post it, make the next video, post it, make the, cause. Oh, she was like doing it live. Basically. I think so. Cause the first, like a lot of videos are her driving and people were like making jokes. Like, are you driving to Mexico? Like where, why are you in the car for so long? But I guess Atlanta traffic is just fucking horrible. It is. Yeah. I've heard so, that. um, you know, she's just in the car telling the story and then finally she gets to her destination and she's telling the story there for a couple parts. Then she gets home. She's telling the story there for a couple parts. Like you can tell that she's just telling the story as fast as she can throughout the, you know, however many days that it took her to finish the whole thing. Um, there's that's, that's 500 minutes. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy, but I'm so happy for her because I, she is definitely getting everything that she deserves. Now, all of her dreams are definitely going to come true. And this is, you know, amazing, but I'm so, so sorry for everything that she had to go through. Yeah. It's awful. Having to heal from that. I can't imagine, you know, um, I hope she goes and buys an Audi. No, uh, her dream car is actually, I think like a blue BMW something something with cognac interior. I can't remember the exact car Sounds delicious. model. So I think that's what she's going to get. Hell yeah. Yeah. So these are the, you know, current events that we wanted to talk about in this episode. The next episode will be about the Mary Celeste and then we will move on to listener suggestions. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Don't forget if you have any suggestions, you can email us at darkoriginspod at gmail.com. TikTok is also darkoriginspod. Instagram is darkoriginspodcast. If you guys wouldn't mind, if you have a little bit of time and you would be willing to give us a rating, we would be so, so grateful. Hell yeah. It really, really helps us. Also, turning on automatic downloads really, really helps us. And we are so appreciative of it. Yeah, we're just trying to grow the channel a little bit. We really enjoy doing this. And the more time and effort we can dedicate to doing it, I think the better it will be. Hell yeah. So, you know, we just are asking for your help if, if you know, yeah. you're willing to give it. If not, that's totally fine, too. All right. Well, thank you guys all so much. I love you all. And we will talk to you soon. Oh, one last thing. Don't forget my new podcast. It's always cloudy in hell. There hasn't been another episode that's come out yet, but just in case you missed the last Catherine story. Yeah. (laughs) Just in case you, you missed the last announcement. I just wanted to tell you one more time. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. I love you all so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.